Gordon's a washout with women. The girls you want don't want you. So he's out to find his dream date. So you're looking for an attractive young woman to share your life. And he gets her. It's nice to meet you, Mary. Now, Gordon's in heaven. Can't say no to me, Gordy. Or is he in hell? Love Freddy's Die. The first cut's always the deepest. On the next Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Nightmares. Hey everybody, this is Brandon Ford and welcome to the Blind Rage Podcast. For this week's TV episode, we are returning to Elm Street for another episode of Freddy's Nightmares. This week, it is Joyce Heiser and Sherry Shattuck in Saturday Night Special. And I'm using the Chiller Rip, uh, which I think can, I think the whole series is on YouTube so if you want to watch along just make sure you have the chiller watermark in the bottom right hand corner and that way you know we're watching the same rip and before we get into the episode I need to get some plugs out of the way uh, as per usual please don't forget to check out my books in paperback and kindle editions by going to amazon.com or the amazon app typing in Brandon Ford there you'll find my author page as well as a slew of my titles. You can also find my books in audiobook format by going to audible.com or the Audible app, typing in Brandon Ford. I just started using my Twitter account again, so if you'd like to follow me there, I am at Brandon Ford. If you don't already, please follow me on Instagram at writer Brandon Ford. And lastly, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, suggestions, criticisms, recommendations for movies you'd like me to do or TV shows you'd like me to do, please feel free to email me directly at blindragepod81 at gmail.com. So if you're watching along, I hope you have your episode queued up because you're going to begin with a three count. Um, okay, here we go. Three, two, one, play. So yeah, this is Saturday Night Special. Uh, definitely one of the goofier ones. Definitely one of the more head-scratchier ones, because it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but then again, we're talking about Freddy's Nightmares, and the vast majority of the episodes in the series don't make much sense. I think the only episode that is remotely coherent is the pilot episode. But yeah, this is Saturday Night Special, and it is directed by Lisa Gottlieb, who also directed Joyce Heiser in Just One of the Guys. We also have... Um, Stuart, what's his face? I don't know his, I don't remember his last name. But he was also in Just One of the Guys playing Harold Reptile Sherbko. Uh, the guy who brought all the, um, the, uh, am reptiles and amphibians and such to school. And, uh... So, yeah, uh, Lisa Gottlieb hasn't 
really had much of a, a, a very illustrious career in film. Uh, she directed a handful of movies, a handful of TV show episodes, and shut up, dog. Handful. I think he just growled at me. Um, handful of TV shows, handful of movies, and um, yeah, now she's teaching. So, all right. So for the first half of this episode. We have Gordon, character, who is the main character of this episode. I mean, of this half of the episode. Gordon, and he's a... I, I don't know exactly what this is supposed to be. Because they're at an ice skating rink slash hockey rink. And the girls are, are figure skating. And the guys are playing hockey. And they are co-workers... At, I believe an insurance firm and I don't I don't know exactly why they are all they all assembled at this particular venue I mean it doesn't appear like there is some sort of uh, an office league if there is it is never mentioned and um, Gordon is pining after the perfect woman, and his standards are really, really high, like I said, because he wants the perfect woman. And um, he's just he's checking out some of the more attractive women in the office, women that he really can never can never land a date with I don't remember what he looks like but I'm sure he's probably not an unfortunate looking guy he's probably just your average every man I think that's um, Harold Sherbico from. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's him from uh, just one of the guys right there, his friend. So, I think, I think we're getting into it. I don't think this, this episode moves kind of quickly. Considering it's barely, you know, like I said, coherent. I think he's already going to the video dating offices. Uh... Here we have Freddy's cameo. I think he has two or three appearances in this episode. 
he doesn't appear at the very beginning. He just kind of pops up to, you know, serve up some quips and... And they're not even very good ones. Come on, Freddy, you could do better than that. Yeah, he's doing the video dating thing. And he ends up taking the advice from this guy who apparently is the only employee. I don't think anyone else is introduced. And Gordy is not much better than Gordon, I hate to tell you. Um, see, and that, when, as soon as he, he introduces himself, you know, the, the executive, I guess, I don't know what he is at this video dating place, is already, he starts to try to change him immediately with his name. That's the first thing he goes for. And um, then it becomes... His job, his um, Sit straight, his education, his Smile. accomplishments in life, uh, his um, too much. He's even telling him how to smile, how to sit, which I guess isn't too bad. I would I would want Don't somebody squint. to tell me. Don't squint. Don't squint. I would want somebody to tell me if I was slouching or not sitting upright. And, uh... But... Yeah, this kind of reminds me of... I don't know why. I haven't done a commentary for this particular movie, but I've mentioned it a few times, but this movie, Rent-A-Pal, that I... That, uh... Is a fairly recent movie that deals with video dating um, set in, I think, 1990. So, what is really sort of unclear is the understanding between Gordon and this video dating executive because I think that Gordon goes into this video dating thing with the idea of meeting not only the woman of his dreams or the perfect woman, but he's also looking to meet a wife, a partner, somebody that he can settle down with. And I think if that is what your is on your agenda you, you can't be as selective as this guy is i mean you can't decide i will only get married when i find the perfect blonde bombshell so yeah this guy gives him an entire script to read in his video dating segment and, and yeah and I think yeah these the all of these lies are meant to accommodate somebody who is only looking for a one-night stand 
because there's no way that you can hide all of this. There's no way, first and foremost, that you can hide having multiple Porsches or Porsches, whichever. Yeah, I can only drive one Porsche at a time. And I'm sure for somebody who claims to have as much money as he claims to have in this video, he's not dressing the part when he goes on a date and um, he doesn't have the designer clothes. I can't believe I said all that stuff. What's important is that special someone believes it. She's out there waiting, waiting for a man, just like the man that's on that video, waiting for you. And with the help of rendezvous patented date make computer See, a rendezvous... We're gonna find the girl of your dream. Rendezvous patented video dating, whatever he said it was, implies that it is a service set up for a one night stand. Because that's what a rendezvous is. It's just, you know, a one time encounter. It's not like, you know, meet your mate. Whatever. You sure weren't shy last night. I don't usually play those kinds of games. But I've always wanted to. I've never been the aggressive type. Is that? No. Not till now. Can't say no to me, Garden. You just can't. I don't know if that's Sherry Shattuck or not. But spoiler alert, as we come to find toward the end of Gordon's segment. Yeah, that was a dream. As we come to find um, toward the end of Gordon's segment, the first half of this episode, everything after um, the uh, moment he pulls into the rendezvous Hello. video dating services is a dream um, I guess he falls asleep in the car so that was a dream within a dream and I think it's kind of a cop-out but whatevs But if this was a dream, or this is a dream, then why is there really Alana? Because the second segment focuses on Lana and her roommate. Sherry Shaddock, who plays Lana, I know primarily from... Body Chemistry 3. But I know she's done some other erotic thrillers. She's been in a bunch of stuff. I don't know if she's still acting or not. I didn't. I probably should have looked up her filmography, but I did not. And...
I, I mean. You're married. Had you worry there for a minute? Worry? No. No. <laughs> You're not as good a liar as Lana's other dates. As Lan as other dates. I don't like the way, I don't like her, her uh, accent. And by the way, a spoiler alert, when Mary goes through the whole transition and becomes Joyce Heiser, um, she doesn't have that stupid accent anymore. And when they go to the to the restaurant, which is a French restaurant, he does make um, he does order in in French, and then later when he comes clean, he says, you know, I don't speak French, but he does say some stuff. I mean, it's remedial French, but he's able to order. Um, he knows Je voudrais, which is I would like, but I think instead of saying um, a glass of wine, he says a cup of wine, because glass is verre and cup is tasse, and I'm pretty sure he says tasse, or no, I don't think he orders wine, I think he orders champagne. Well, yes, you order champagne because then there's that whole suggestive scene with the waitress who is kind of using... I mean, it's surprising what they were able to get away with on the show uh, because it's, it's very suggestive the way the waitress is, is um, kind of stroking the champagne bottle and using it as something of a phallus. And then the champagne cork pops and... It explodes all over Lana's dress. Um, I'll let you fill in the blanks with that one. This is Freddy's. No, but it was Freddy's return. Wait, it's here. Here he says. Oh, Sa telephone? What? He asked for a sack of telephones or something, something like that. But he got, he got Jouetray, correct? And Mademoiselle? Milieu? No, that, that wasn't right. It amazes me how guys like you always have just the right thing to say. Yeah, well, you sort of get used to that when you, when you make, um... Uh, small talk. Although, frankly, the power obsolete in a world run by the dollar in the end. Ah! Ah! This is, this is completely out of left field, too, because you don't, you don't know that it's a dream until the end of the segment. So you don't really understand why he's having these hallucinations about um, 
the champagne cork going into that woman's eye and I think that was the waitress and then there is another woman who is who is skewered um, but yeah as I was saying about this the suggestive nature of the scenes involving the champagne bottle I don't I don't know if that would fly today uh, it's interesting because when you look at some of the stuff that are that's in these episodes it seems like they took they were a bit ahead of their time in the kinds of things that were shown in these particular in this particular series um and today we kind of took a step back I mean I don't I don't know if that would be something that you would see although there is a lot of crazy stuff that is shown on network TV so it's hard to say but generally I would say in 1988 in November of 1988 when this aired when this aired I don't think that um, something that suggestive would be shown on 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 network TV so you don't know why he's having these hallucinations and why everything's going kind of crazy until wait a minute no but he says that ever the more expensive the champagne the pinker the elephant I know what that means I mean, it's obviously supposed to mean that the more expensive the champagne, the drunker you get. But it, no, no, nobody says nobody says that. I think we're about to end up at the at the rink. The ice rink. Yeah. So that's just a way of dismissing, <laughs> of dismissing exactly what she did to get them into the rink. He said, "How did you get us in here after hours?" I have my ways. That that's just lazy writing, I would say. Things take a turn for the weird here. And from what I remember, she like breaks out the hockey stick and she's got the Jason hockey mask on. And then comes the Zamboni and she runs them. Oh, it just, it just goes, it gets really weird, really quick. And it's, it, and now we have the porno music. I don't know why. Um, supposedly Sherry, I don't know if she had a double or not because I can't, I can't see the screen, but supposedly she, um, is able to skate 
very well. I was beginning to think you didn't like me. Oh, I like you just fine. Right now, I trade every Stanley Cup I ever won for you. Sure, till you've had your fun with me. Used me. I know what guys like you are like, Cordy. Always going after the next girl, the next trophy. Believe me, Lana. I'm not like that. Well, then why'd you go out with him in the first place? Yeah, that, now now's where it gets weird. And she even kind of has a Freddy cadence in her voice. And this is so... It's just too ridiculous to be... Scary. But I don't know if any of these... Episodes are trying to be, uh, we're trying to be scary. From what I remember, there is like a, uh, a flatbed on the front of the Zamboni and it's kind of driving by itself or something and um, she's like kind of sprawled out on it seductively and then it just like switches and, it's, and then she's in the driver's seat. So he's got his feet stuck in a block of ice or something, I think. And she ends up flattening him with this with the Zamboni. Just waking up now. And then he dies <laughs> in a car wreck, and it's Lana driving the red Porsche that he claims to drive. So Lana's real, even though she's just a woman that he dreamed about who existed in a um, phantom video dating service. So that makes little to no sense. And then, um, I'm not exactly 100% sure how how um, they collided, I guess, because I think he was parked. 
outside. And he, I think he was in the parking lot. And I don't know why or how, but she just she just hit him. Um, and now we come to find Lana is, for the most part, uh, the central character in this half of the episode. And it never comes, it's never brought up that she, I guess, did a hit and run because one would assume that she doesn't stop or she didn't call anybody because it's never mentioned. And it. What is going on in here? All that screaming and beating on this poor machine. Well, if you're trying to get fired, you and just it's, forget it. it. As is usually the case with these episodes, the character who is seen in the first half, who becomes the central character in the second half, is essentially a different character entirely. It's the same person, it's the same name, but now she's working in an office. Um, she's not psychotic that we know of. Uh, she's a woman who uses her feminine wiles and her beauty to get what she wants, and she's very proud of that fact, too. Is his name Fatterman? There's Mary. So they work together. I I love how you hear the tapping of one typewriter. And this is supposed to be an insurance company. Miss Kelly. Copies of my Springwood beautification report. I need them for tomorrow's town's council. Did you say Springwood beautification? By the end of the day, as you can see, things have been pretty busy around here lately. It's about time. Market went soft after. I don't know if she's doing a voice slash accent or this is really the way she talks. Only with affordable housing. And Raleigh building his shopping center on the Wellman estate won't hurt the town's new upwardly mobile image either. He's going to tear down that beautiful old house? Beauty is in the eye of the deed holder. Anyway, it was condemned weeks ago. Raleigh just saved us the price and trouble of a bulldozer. I wish we could get rid of all this town's eyesores so easily. I think they're talking about tearing down Elm Street to make a shopping mall. Here's Freddy again. What? Yeah, that made a lot of sense. So we come to find, um, while Lana is very, very secure in her 
ability to get what to use her beauty to get whatever she wants and Mary is the polar opposite because she's supposed to be homely and plain is it as nice as everyone says the food is good the service is kind of spotty I was gonna buy it in red but I figured black would be more appropriate for the office you bought that for the office well my meeting with Rowley is on company time anyway Batman paid for it and you should have told him to stick it I thought I'd give Mr. Rowley first chance at this hot little property that's currently on the market. Me? You think your Mr. Rowley is in the market for a Mrs. Rowley? I'm not into job titles. So long as the salary's right. I know, I know. A woman should be valued for who she is and not what she looks like, right? The way I see it. Life's just one big beauty pageant. Like it or not, we're all contestants. From the minute they slap your butt and tell your daddy it's a girl. The only choice we have is whether to be winners or losers. Not everybody has that choice. So I guess... Everybody has a choice. She you knows you want. the difference between what's right and what's wrong, but she doesn't want to or she knows there's no way that she can do anything to change the status quo so she just goes with the flow of too late to make a big decision tonight so you just think about it and let me know in the morning so she's and you know she doesn't even really say anything as far as cosmetic surgery goes per se and she doesn't even talk about this guy as though he is a doctor she just refers to him as Tony and Tony is a miracle worker because Tony worked on Lana um, but the job he did on Lana apparently turned out a lot better than it does on Mary because Mary's job and see that's the other thing that I don't get or I don't think really makes any sense because you really don't know if this this half of the episode is supposed to be Mary's nightmare and that Lana is a set piece in her dream now as she was in Gordy's and because I mean and you don't really know if she really had the surgery or not because it's so fucking weird because she has like robotic boobs which I, I don't I don't I don't understand what that's supposed to be and then after she um, breaks the mirror and um, after seeing herself she sees her old self in the mirror and she starts to shatter it because I guess she wants to be who she is or she was and then she ends up dying um, being cut by the glass I don't know the glass I believe cuts her jugular 
and while she's dead, lying there dead, she's back to her old self. So, uh, what really happened? I don't know. So he is supposed to be this miracle worker who can make her into into the perfect woman, but he's telling she already is perfect. So, yeah. This seems like it was written by ten different people with ten different ideas about how the story should go. She's undergoing some craziness. And I don't believe it's in a hospital. And <clears throat> I don't... I mean, like... It, it, it goes from being a consultation into a full-blooded procedure. Full-blown procedure, rather. And he's talking to her the whole time. Is she awake? I don't know. He's using a staple gun on her. Which I think is supposed to be funny, but... have the introduction of Joyce Heiser who comes into the show far too late I think and um yeah I mean like she's supposed to have undergone she's supposed to have undergone a pretty drastic procedure and it seems like she's back to work the next day <laughs> and there's no you know bandages there's no healing time there's no anything but then you know when we're in freddy's universe anything is possible and oftentimes is because you know making sense is not really what they do best it's just the way i dreamed it and um you know, never mind that she has a totally different voice and she's totally different height and she has um she's she's a different person entirely and um I don't know I mean I would have some issues with um I, th I would think that she would have some issues with convincing people that she's who she is. 
because she's a totally different person or a totally different actress playing the same character, yet all she has to do is show up at work and say, it's me. Oh, okay. You look different. Is that a new hairstyle? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Don't thank me. And, um, supposedly she paid for all this on a credit card. I mean, like, is this, uh, a, uh, a bottomless, or she does, does she not have a, a, a limit or what's going on? So you'd look even more beautiful by comparison. But I was wrong. Hmm. We're about to see Freddy again. Whenever you hear that that ominous, you know, like wind sound, that usually means that Freddy's about to pop up. I think he, I think he might um, toward the end of the episode. I think he does. So that if he does, then that would mean that he's in this episode like four times. It's a lot of Freddy. Because generally he's only in it, like, I don't know. Um, mm, what is it, like the beginning, the middle, and the end? So this is like, like four or five times. I would, I think, I think. Lana, Lana! Aren't you going to introduce me to your friend? It's me, Mr. Fadiman. Mary? Of course, Mary. Oh. I told her no one would recognize her. It's amazing what a new hairdo and a uh, little makeup will do. Oh, God. Amazing. Really? Well, I better get back to work. Wait, wait, Mary, wait. But don't you need those copies of your beautification reports? All he has to do... All she, all he has to, all she has to do is say, it's me, Mary. Oh, right, of course. Right here by the window. And I even have your first clients for you. Mary... This is Mr. and Mrs. Winters and their two adorable children. Hi. I know Mary will be able to find you the house of your dreams. I'm sure you'll be every bit as happy in Springwood as I've been. Mr. Raleigh's plane was due in over an hour ago. He'll be here. Are you sure this is all right with Fadiman? Mary, there's no sense in being beautiful if you're not going to start acting. Hello. Hello, Mr. Raleigh. I'm Lana. This is my associate, Mary. She's going to help you with the paperwork so you can close the escrow on the Wellman property. But Mr. Fadiman told me I would be dealing with you. But I think this arrangement is going to work out just fine. Yeah. Uh, here at Springwood Properties is to make sure the client leaves completely satisfied. Mary, would you mind terribly if we went over some of this paperwork back at my hotel room? Um, yes, I would, actually. This is exactly how, you know, people get me tooed. Ugh, can we go over this paperwork back in my hotel room? I would say no. Um, that's what the office is for. Thanks. We're going to stay here and um, where everybody can see where your hands are at all times. I thought I was. I was going to have the 
you send up a couple of steaks, but you said you loved caviar. I do. It just didn't taste very good to me tonight. That stuff never tastes any good. Um, I was, I was watching a uh, review for this particular episode on YouTube because I, I always need something to help me fill in the blanks. And generally, people just go over the whole synopsis with the vast majority of TV shows and um, movies. And the show that I was watching, the people who were reviewing it had this theory that she didn't want the caviar or didn't like the caviar because she secretly didn't like her new self and she wanted to be who she really is or was. I don't know. I think they were looking for a more deeper meaning than what is actually on the screen. And I think this whole thing, I think this is actually supposed to go um, be a part of her new robotic self. Um, you know, because she doesn't want to eat and he's trying to seduce her and she thinks she doesn't feel anything. And of course she doesn't feel anything and she doesn't, she has no appetite because she's not human anymore. And now he's going on about a bad boob job that she just had. This is so fucking weird. That's so stupid. So being perfect means being a robot? And if that's the case, then how come Lana isn't a robot? I don't... And now she thrashes at the mirror. And... And then Mr. whatever his name is, Rowley, gets, um... He gets arrested for her murder. Yeah, if he's a mirror sliced or a jugular, that's how she died. I think, I'm guessing that's what happened when she broke the glass herself. Oh, that's a really original line. Hmm. Not a good episode. But regardless, thanks for staying with me to the bitter bitter, bitter end of Friday's Nightmares Saturday Night Special and I hope you'll come back and join me for future episodes of future TV shows and movies. 
So until next time, this is Brandon Ford wishing you all unpleasant dreams. Same.